When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Happy Friday and welcome back to the Freelance Friday podcast. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to hang out with me and listen to this episode. So in the past few episodes, I talked a lot about goal setting and resolutions for 2019. And I thought to kind of sort of continue on the same path, but but shake it up a bit. I wanted to talk about creating a content marketing strategy for 2019. So whenever I'm working with my coaching clients or my client clients, um, my service-based clients, they always want to know about the content. They want to know about the YouTube. They want to know about the podcast. They want to know about blogging. Is it still relevant? Should I do it? What should I do? Can you help me? Etc. And these are very valid questions. I think whether you're, like I said, a freelancer, somebody who's trying to pitch their social media marketing services or their graphic design services or whatever it is, whether you are a brick and mortar business, really anything nowadays, you need to have some type of a content marketing strategy. You need content to be social. And there is definitely a right and wrong way to do this. And I'll be honest with you, I wasted a lot of time in the beginning of my business and in just like the beginning of the internet, doing things not really the right way, just kind of like throwing things out there and hoping that something will stick. And there really is a strategy for this. So I invite you to listen to this episode. There's actually going to be a freebie within this episode as well. Uh, It should be a very nice and valuable uh, workbook for you guys. I'm going to have it linked in the show notes. So let's hop into it. Welcome to the Freelance Friday podcast. My name is Latasha James and I'm your host. This podcast is a deep dive into the challenging, exciting, and oh-so-rewarding world of freelancing. From tips and advice to interviews with the people who are doing it right, this show is for anyone looking to get their hands a little bit dirty and make monetizing their passion a reality. Let's get started. Okay, so number one... The first thing that you're going to want to do when you're developing your content marketing strategy for 2019 or for any year, whenever you're listening to this, is you need, you need to develop a buyer persona. This is step number one. This should be step number one when it comes to really anything that that comes to your business. You know, if you're just starting a business, develop a buyer persona, figure out who you're talking to. It's going to help you so much. And again, it's going to help you avoid wasting a ton of time. So to figure out your buyer persona, you're going to want to uh, name the person. First of all, are you, you know, a brick and mortar store and your person is shopping Susan? You know, she's maybe uh, middle-aged. She has a couple of kids, you know, she maybe makes hundred thousand dollars two hundred thousand dollars a year whatever it is you want to like put a face to this customer you know think about who shops from you think about who follows you think about who's paying attention to you who needs your services and figure out their face their demographics their information everything so i kind of mentioned demo you know are they male female non-binary are they a part of the lgbtq community do they fit into any certain ethnic um you know groups are they suburban? Are they city people? 
What is their annual income? Now, and I want to and I want to stop right here because sometimes demographics freaks people out when I say that. This doesn't mean that you're only going to serve those people. Of course, come on, it's 2019 and we all know that that is not what I'm about. But, you know, the demographics that a brand like Nike caters to or or markets primarily to is totally different than Lululemon, right? From a gender perspective, from an age perspective, maybe not so much age. No, anyway, gender perspective, racial identity, uh, all of that is totally different. Just like, um, I don't know, logo, uh, the television network is going to cater to a different demographic than Lifetime does. So it doesn't mean that LGBTQ people can't watch Lifetime or that straight people can't watch logo because I watch both of those channels, but it means that you're primarily like going to be setting yourself up with success for those specific people, those specific groups of people, because you know that they're more likely to consume that content. So I just wanna make that very clear. I know things can be weird. Like, here's an example for me, my demographics, when I'm writing out my buyer persona, they tend to be female, but you know what? I know, and I I think maybe when I do my buyer persona this year, honestly, might be a little different because I know that a lot of men, a lot of non-binary people, pay attention to my content. So that doesn't mean that I'm saying no men turn off the podcast. No, I love that you guys listen. But I think the most likely to consume and really resonate with my content is female. Uh, And and honestly, a lot of females of color because I happen to be a female of color myself. So anyway, just want to make that clear. But you want to, you know, jot down some demographics background, like who are they? What do they do? What's their story? Are they students who just find you randomly and just kind of like you need to catch their attention as they're endlessly, mindlessly scrolling? Or are they very action-oriented people? Are they business people who are like actively searching for ways to better their business? You want to kind of draft all that out in your mind. Uh, What are their goals? What do they want out of working with you or consuming your content? why? Like, what's the purpose? Are they looking to be entertained? Are they looking for true value? You know, are they looking to learn a skill? What is it? What do they like to do? What other things do they like to consume? Are there hobbies or interests that they have? Are there television programs they pay attention to or musicians that they really like or brands that they have an affinity for? And then I think kind of the most important Things to really pay attention for me, at least, are the challenges, objections, fears. Sometimes these are broken out in buyer persona worksheets. Sometimes they're not. They're really kind of all the same thing. What are they afraid of? What is holding them back from working with you? So an example of an objection for me as a social media manager would be, I just haven't seen results from you know social media managers in the past. Or I don't have a big enough budget to support a marketing budget. Um, Those are two very common objections that a lot of social media managers will experience. And it's important to jot these down because you need to know how to speak to those. And, you know, there's ways to address those objections. And that's kind of one of your big goals with your content is to explain how you prove results. If If I know that one of my you know, clients or prospects, big objections is that they don't see results. Well, I'm going to make sure that my marketing says we're a results driven company. We use data and analytics to solve your problems, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, find out how to address those objections in your marketing. So that's kind of 
the overview, the gist of what a buyer persona is, you need this. Don't skip this step. And you might not like know every single answer necessarily, but what you really want to do is just make your best guess and this is all, you know, made up, if you will. Like, there, it's not saying, like I said, that you can't speak to other groups. It's just you want to have kind of your ideal customer in mind so you know how to build a marketing strategy specifically around them. And I want to also let you know that you can have more than one buyer persona. Like I said, you know, I now know that a lot of men do like my content. So maybe I need to drill down and build a male buyer persona and figure out like what the men like, because they might be different age groups. They might like different things. They might live in different areas, et cetera, et cetera. So you can definitely have more than one buyer persona. So next thing that you're gonna to want to determine are your content pillars. So I recommend no more than two to three major content pillars for your content marketing strategy. So what pillars are, they're essentially just the main topics or main ideas that you want your audience to take away from your content marketing. So I'll give you an example. My three pillars for all of my content marketing materials are number one is freelancing and kind of like social media, digital freelancing, that kind of thing. Pillar number two is travel and pillar number three is Detroit and my kind of my local community. I kind of tier these different pillars. So whenever you go to my Instagram, my YouTube, my podcast, obviously my podcast is very, very heavily focused on freelancing, but any of my other marketing channels, they're go you're hopefully going to get an overwhelming sense of information about freelancing. Next would be travel and lastly would kind of be my community. So what I've done is I've broken out about how many times I'm posting about these things. Uh, so for example, freelancing is about two times per week. Travel is about two times per month. And uh, Detroit is about one time per month. Figure out your distribution methods. So where are you going to be talking about these things? Obviously for freelancing, it's pretty much 100% on my podcast, but I also do talk about freelancing on my YouTube channel. Travel is mostly Instagram and YouTube. Uh, and then my local community is mostly Instagram and YouTube. Then you're going to want to figure out one, who are you speaking to? Which of your personas? Or is it somebody else? Or, you know, is it multiple personas? That kind of thing. And then you also want to figure out your core message and what value it brings. So example, talking about freelancing, my major message, like this is what I want you guys to take away from all of my marketing and everything that I do is that freelancing is a way of the future and that building an online business is possible essentially. I want you guys to get inspired and I want you to know that you can do it. And ultimately the ROI of that or the value that it brings me is that I want you guys to get interested in freelancing, know that it's possible, and then come to me because you know that you might need help in the form of courses, in the form of, you know, listening to this podcast, in the form of, uh, mentorships and coaching sessions with me. And also, this also works a little bit on a B2C side. So from getting clients, it's not as heavily, uh, it doesn't as heavily get me clients, but it does show that, hey, I know about freelancing. I'm an experienced freelancer. I'm a professional. So people do come to me because they see me on YouTube and say, hey, you, you look like you know what you're talking about. Do you, know, do you work with businesses like mine? 
So that's what I mean by content pillars. And this doesn't mean that I can't talk about my lunch. This doesn't mean that I can't talk about my favorite meat song that I'm listening to, but it means that the overall or overwhelming feeling that message that you're going to get and walk away with from my social channels are going to be about one of these three things. And it's also important, I think, to be able to tie these things together in some way, because, you know, even looking at this for me, it might seem like it's a little bit all over the place, but let me explain, you know, travel in Detroit for some people, for example, might be like, why, how is this related to a freelancer? Well, Detroit is a little bit more obvious because it's my local community. So I want to be active in the community. I want to show that my business cares about the community. I want to support other small businesses in my communities and also kind of um, make it known where my, my business is located so that if people want to hire me locally, they can. Now, travel might seem kind of random, but my kind of core message with travel is that freelancing affords me a better quality of life than just only working a traditional job because I'm able to make extra income. I'm able to maybe have a more flexible schedule, that kind of thing. So what that does kind of brings the value to play is that I want you guys and the people listening to my content to want to do it too. It's kind of reinforcing through my travels and through my fun pictures and my fun vlogs that I take like, Hey, she's made this life possible for herself through freelancing and working hard. So that's just kind of an example. Obviously, it's also just a part of my personality and I want to share my life with you guys. So I don't want everything to be so, I guess, strategic. Like you don't have to overthink everything, but it is really important to be able to tie these things back to your business if that's the goal, you know, and especially when we're talking about client work, uh, you, you need to be making making this action oriented and all tied together. You don't want to just do things just for funsies. I think you can do that with yourself of course, but if you're needing to prove results or anything like that, you need to make it all make sense. So once you've discovered what you want to talk about and what sort of your overall message is going to be in your content marketing, you're going to want to figure out your content distribution. And I, I did mention this a bit in that last section, talking about YouTube and podcasts and all that, but you want to really flesh that out and figure out where you're going to talk about what and which channels are going to be your primary channels. For me, my major platform, my biggest platform that I have is YouTube. It's my biggest audience. It's my most engaged audience. And that's kind of like pillar number one or content distribution channel number one. Uh, number two would probably be Instagram or maybe my podcast at this point. And then everything else that I do, you know, Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, all of that really kind of just supports and reinforces the messages that I post on YouTube and my podcast. So I'm repurposing content to go on there. I am sharing new episodes that go live. I am not necessarily, you know, I'm not ever actually doing Facebook lives. I'm, I'm not just like spending my whole life doing, uh, what do you call them? Twitter chats and things like that. There's nothing wrong with that. I love Twitter, but it just, you can't spread yourself too thin. And I see people run into this a lot. So make sure to figure out what your primary platforms are going to be and then figure out how the others can support. Now, that doesn't mean that I can't do a Facebook live because maybe a Facebook live will support a, a message that I've said in my podcast or in my YouTube channel. And in fact, I have done that before. I've done kind of like after shows, if you will, on Facebook live. And, and so it doesn't mean that you can't try different things, new formats, all that, but you just, you don't want to totally reinvent the wheel. So figure out how you can make those things talk to each other without just copying and pasting the exact same content from channel to channel. So 
how do you figure out which channels you should be on? Good question. <laughs> Look at the demographics of each channel is the best thing that I can really say to you and make sure that your audience is on those channels. So take a look, you know, Snapchat, for example, I quit using Snapchat because my audience is just not there. The only people who are really paying attention to me and taking action on my Snapchat were people who knew me in my real life, which that's what I have a personal Facebook account for, or like really young people who don't take action. You know, they would watch me, but they are not going to enroll in my course because they don't have $55 to pay for a course if you're, you know, 16 or 15. It might sound like a nice idea, but I know when I was 15, I wasn't paying 50 bucks for an online course. So it just doesn't make sense for me. Meanwhile, you know, YouTube, there my audience is there and Instagram, my audience is there. So take a look at those channel demographics and take a look at channel trends too, like what works where. Another thing about Snapchat, and I'm not trying to pick on Snapchat here, but you know, another thing about Snapchat is just, just it's just very resource heavy. You know, you have to completely create something new and you also have to be very comfortable being on camera to make Snapchat work. And even though I make videos <laughs> for part of my living and I love doing it, I'm not comfortable on camera every single day. I have specific days where I film videos for YouTube and the other days I like to be like I am right now, which is no makeup, hair not done in sweatpants. I don't want to be on Snapchat with a front facing camera, you know, on camera talking to you guys one-on-one -on -one right now. So that is just not a great platform for me. So figure out what types of content you're good at, you have the bandwidth for, and that's how you're gonna figure out your primary platforms, platform pillars, one to two. I think you should really have one to two core, core platforms where you're really putting a lot of effort and resources into, and then make the other ones support those platform pillars. So you want to be sure to, that you're not, again, like reinventing the wheel for all of this, that you're not, you know, posting like 24 seven, you're not just always on your computer, or always on your phone, because you got to still do the work. You still got to run your business. This is only a very small part of your business or of your client's business, or hopefully you have multiple clients and you got to do this for many of them. So number one, figure out how you're going to schedule this stuff, schedule your content, schedule, schedule, schedule. I can't say that enough. Um, most of these platforms you can, find something to schedule like Twitter, Buffer works great, Hootsuite works great, same for Facebook and LinkedIn. You can definitely schedule onto all of those platforms. Now YouTube, it's a little more manual, right? Because you have to upload the video, but you can still schedule the video to go live at a certain time. You can get everything ready uh, without having to physically press publish. I think the only one that's really challenging for people is Instagram. I know Planoly, Buffer, and I think Hootsuite, they do allow for direct publishing in the feed now, but honestly, I get this question all the time. I schedule most of my Instagram posts or I, I publish them manually because most of the scheduling platforms, they will post a picture for you, but that's about it. They don't do check-ins for location. You can't uh, plan ahead and tag people. You can't um, do like carousel posts or video posts, I don't think. And you can't do stories on a lot of these platforms. Uh, so I do do a lot of my Instagram stuff manually, which is kind of a pain, but I just create a calendar uh, reminder for myself that let's say I'm gonna post for myself at noon or 7 a.m. or 6 p.m. or whatever it is. I just post a uh, calendar reminder so I get a notification to remind me to do that. So it's a little bit of a pain, 
Maybe scheduling is easier. I don't know. But for me, I just, I just post manually for Instagram. So regardless of whatever you choose to schedule, just make sure that you figure that out. And then you're going to also want to figure out like your creation tools and what you're using to create content and repurpose content. So Canva is a big one for me. I love using Canva for quick edits of things and, you know, adding text across a background and making cute Instagram stories. Unfold is a great one for Instagram stories as well. And like set up templates if you can. If you have Photoshop templates that you want to use so you can easily just repurpose things or use, uh, you know, support your pillar platforms and your pillar content with, do all of that because it, it just is so much easier if you can create templates and things like that. So you're not creating brand new content every single time and just like wasting a ton of time doing that. I have essentially a template set up within headliner, which is how I create my waveforms for my podcast so that I can easily create those little videos and post them onto Twitter or wherever I want to post them. So I'm not starting fresh and figuring out fonts and figuring out formats and all of that. I can just easily like pop in the audio, and verify the trans audio transcription and we're kind of good to go. And then the last thing I want you to think about is your existing social channels and, and do an audit of those. So within the resource that I'm adding into the show notes, there will be a workbook. It's actually what we created for the notable branding workshop that took place last weekend. And it's, it's all filled with checklists for each of the social platforms to figure out if you're on the right track. So, you know, make sure that you are not sharing amazing YouTube videos, but your email address isn't listed anywhere on your YouTube channel, because how are people going to get to know you and get to learn about your services that you offer and work with you if you don't have that. And that is something that I see all the time when I was really heavy in the influencer marketing world. I would see this all the time. Amazing content creators, amazing YouTubers, you know, my clients wanted to work with them and I could not find an email address for them anywhere. It's like, oh my goodness, you're missing out on great sponsorships here. So make sure things like that, make sure that you have a bio that is inviting and that tells about who you are if you're on Instagram. And again, if you're posting great things, you're using the right hashtags, you're getting into the right feeds of people, but they come back to your chat, your, your profile and you're like not filled out. You don't have contact information. They can't figure anything out about you. That's a huge, uh, reason why people might abandon your profile. So make sure that you're auditing your channels and you have them set up right before you start pushing out amazing content. Obviously within that, and once you get deeper into that, you're gonna need to figure out these specific topics. Like it doesn't just, you know, obviously content pillars is one thing, but I mean, freelancing or Detroit, for example, I mean, there's a million different topics I could write about for each of those different pillars. So I guess that would kind of be the next and last step is to really just jot down titles and ideas and content ideas and start to, just work with those and figure out is a best restaurants in Detroit piece of content. Is that best suited for podcasting, YouTube, Instagram? What is it? And maybe it's a little bit of all of them. So figure out how they can talk to each other and work together. But overall, those are the five or six major things that I think that you should have figured out before you hop into content creation and all of that. And I really hope that this episode was helpful for you guys. So Again, that freebie will be at adurneyeast.com slash podcast, and you can grab that freebie within the show notes of this episode. 
And let me know, you guys, what you guys are doing for your content marketing strategies for 2019. Are you guys shaking anything up? Are you trying anything new? How are you measuring success? How did 2018 go for you? Let me know. Go ahead and join my Facebook group. It's called Money Making Micro Influencer if you'd like to let me know. Or you can also send me a DM or comment on my latest Instagram post at East underscore. Thanks so much for listening. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode on Friday. And hope you guys have a great weekend. Bye. And that's it for this episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to let me know. Rating this podcast is a huge help. And you can also tweet me at a journey east with comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes. Lastly, make sure to join my private Facebook group, Money Making Micro Influencer, if you're interested in elevating your influence and taking charge of your personal brand. There are so many like-minded, bright individuals in there, and it's a place I love to offer up free advice and a little bit of extra fun into. You can find it by searching Facebook for Money Making Micro Influencer. It'll also be linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. 